Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shokova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. Welcome here, Giuseppe. Today, he is one of my friends from Scrum Alliance, trainers and coaches community. And my first question to you for today is, what are you currently passionate about in Agile space? Yeah, thanks. First of all, um, hello, everybody. And uh, thank you, Susie, for inviting me here. What I'm currently working on, I, I, I feel that I have um, embarked in a mission to democratize leadership for everyone uh, because I think there is a, a lot of need for for leadership skills in our companies in our society and so I believe that leadership good leadership skills should not be just a you know part of or something that only senior manager can uh, get and um, and because you know in a, in a, in a society like ours or in a in a world like ours, now, where things are changing so quick, it's impossible to believe that in any context, whether a company or a non-profit association or whatever, or the society, there are just a few number of people that can take all decisions for everyone and just control everyone else. Uh, so there is a need for distributing decision-making and therefore uh, leadership cannot be considered something just uh, uh, connected to a role, but should be a capability that is spread around as much as possible. So I would say that that's what I'm most uh, uh, kind of uh, passionate about now. And whether I teach a Scrum Master course or or uh, doing a workshop with a, with a development team, I always think about, okay, how can I grow the leadership skill of these uh, individuals or this group? That's very interesting. I often say that leadership is state of mind and everyone is a leader. So we're pretty much aligned about that. But let me deep dive on this. Very often that's, uh, you said, democratize leadership for everyone. That sounds very radical to some hierarchical organizations. So how do you introduce it in a big corporation where they have this hierarchy of 14 levels of something? So how would you introduce it? Um, I think that... Um that once you 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 like explain or make people reflect on what's the world around us right how the world is working and how uh companies are working intrinsically right that for example you know like it's just like um, so um, uh, not sensible to consider organization like machine but you realize that there are social networks, right? You know, uh, the, why people do things they do, it's not because someone is telling them to do, but because they want to. And if you want to get something done, 
you cannot rely on on formal structure but uh, mostly is like in the private life you know you ask some friend a favor to help you some to do something and to get it faster right and if you realize this and see that also life in companies is not different from life outside that you realize that yeah it's, it's it makes a lot of sense that everybody has leadership skills because also people realize that also in many contexts in the organization sometimes they are leaders and sometimes they are followers and 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 therefore uh, you know this much leadership skill must be as much spread as as possible um, uh, everywhere right so I, I never seen a lot of resistances when people realize that so can you share something about yourself like what was your leadership journey can you guide us through that yeah what was my leadership journey i mean i'm um I used to say that I'm an engineer turned coach. I mean, first turned manager and then turned coach. So um, uh, kind of I started as a as a, a developer and then working as a requirement manager, tech and coordinator of big projects and and very soon realized that um, that actually, if you want to build something, a product the customer love, you know it's much more important you know, how people work together, how the different individuals connect to each other more than how system connect to each other. And, um, and therefore I started to realize that, you know, we need to engage people. We need to get the best out of the people we are working with. And I would say that in this journey and this understanding, even when I became manager at Ericsson, where I worked for a few years, also managers of agile coaches. I was like leading a department of agile coaches there. I would say like um, in this discovery process, what helped me a lot was also the fact that I've been a, a scout and a scout leader for, for 30 years. So I always realized about how it's, it's important to get the best out of people and treat people as human beings, right? And, uh, and not use the same approach in every situation and don't uh, treat people like uh, like machines but more like uh, thinking individuals uh, i think that's that was a little bit my my journey and then then i i realized that maybe i can uh, i can use my reflection and my skills and what i learned and and try to transfer this to others uh, that that is a little bit about myself so i was wondering can you share some story from uh, your clients you work with various different organizations What's the most difficult for them to embrace or what are they dealing with considering this uh, leadership shift, et cetera? Yeah. I think that um, probably the, one of the most important, one of the most in, uh, like difficult things for some leaders I work with into this journey towards uh, leadership agility or agility in the organization is uh, get used to transparency, which on the other side, it's also one of the biggest buzzwords in, in companies that want to go to agile. I mean, everybody talks about transparency and openness and it's, but the, the, the point is that what I realized that if you take this word in the mouth of corporate leaders, sometimes most of the time, what they mean is that how can others be transparent with me, right? Instead of how I can be open and transparent with others and don't even realize that how this transparency is a two sides value. Right. Uh, I don't know where I read this, that, you know, it's like light goes through a glass, like you can actually get it through 
the glass if it's transparent on both sides. So that's probably the, the most difficult thing to, to embrace. And the, I think another thing that it takes some time for them to understand that um, creating great organization or, or leading great teams is not that much an engineering job. And the, in most product company, like managers are, as me, like an engineer turned into a leader. So they are used to, to look at, um, at their job as an engineering task. And then they think that leading is about an engineering task and they don't understand it's about the more social task and how it's that important that they nurture their individual social skill or how emotional intelligence can be key in, in becoming a, a good leader. Right. But uh, thankfully, I think this is changing, right? Like, also, if you look at latest research, like also in the job ads, you see more and more of, of these things as important. But this also takes time for uh, corporate leaders. So that's one trend. You see more and more of it present. But on the other hand, you also see more and more people being stuck at a home office and taking it as a new normal and then those relationships, in my mind, are sort of struggling. So what is your take on this home office, relationships, people aspect, sharing, leadership? Yeah. What do you think about this? No, I, I agree that this is uh, making things harder, right? So what I, what, I, what I used to say also, you know, when I talk about remote, teach about remote facilitation, like it's the same skill, but you have to amplify it two or three times. Right, so when it comes to to leadership, it's the same skill, but the fact that you miss a little bit or you don't have a full uh, broadband connection, right, you need to take it to a to a scale. For example, since you cannot feel from people how it is going and, and get the feedback by just meeting them and looking at their face and so on, maybe you need to check in more often, right? And you need to sharpen your social awareness to read the unspoken things that can get an understanding about what happens in a in a in a team like what what's going on right you know that you probably can do much easier when you are in the same room and also there is a, a lot of other potential risk with uh, with people being alone uh, at home that is not what many people believe that it's they become lazy they don't work enough but just like this uh, this loneliness can be very dangerous so it's uh, i think it's uh, the same skill but you need to take it to a to a higher level and invest possibly even more more energy to take the best out of people and I agree with you. It's always sometimes harder if you don't see people like face to face. You only see, you know, from here up, right? The hat and that's it. And even in a small window and everything. And sometimes without a camera and uh, those small, tiny coffee chats are missing. And going yeah. back to skills, we talk about emotional intelligence. We talk about empathy. We talk about social skills. What else uh, a good leader should embrace as a skill and uh, learn? Yeah, I would say like learn to learn in a way, allowing a space uh, for yourself to, to, to learn um, because everybody seems to be so into action, right? And there is not so space into reflection. As soon as you, you speak to many people about, okay, you should get time to reflect, maybe do some journaling and then uh, reflect on... Uh, uh, the the red threads you see in in your observation and get feedback 
people start thinking about oh, I don't have time or I okay you are so theorist you 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 live in a leader in a, in an ideal world uh, we should do action but you know like you know you need both uh, you need theory and action right you need to because doing things without understanding what you do it's it's just stupid but of course just like do some theoretical reflection without action also uh, like it's 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 useless so you, you you need both and of course understanding some theory and some models help you inform what you do i think edward Deming used to say like doing your best is not enough you need to know what to do and then do your best uh, and at the same time just um, having practice i mean as we said doesn't make sense so so i think that's another things that it's sometimes hard for leaders because they are too busy right and because they like our traditional majority of, of organization are very good at making people busy including leaders now, at the beginning of our conversation, you said democratize leadership for everyone. So can everyone become a leader? I mean, everyone needs to have leadership skills because there are situations in which we are leaders. Uh, even, uh, you know, I don't know, the youngest hire in a team, like it's, uh, there can be a situation in which he's supposed to, to get some kind of uh, leading role, maybe even in a small technical conversation. Right, and then they need to have those skills and they need to understand who are the people that are in front of, you have in front of you. Even if you, if you want to transfer some idea you have on a technical solution, how are you gonna transfer this? Right, it takes some skills. So it's not enough that you're just good at coding or testing. You need to get uh, the skill to understand, for instance, which kind of approach the people in front of you are used to or what they expect to you or how can you get the best idea out of people? This requires a lot of skills. In fact, I think like uh, recently we have done some experiments about um, doing some kind of customized program for teaching, uh, either even coaching a facilitation skill to senior technical people. Right? Because for instance, I mean, if you want to really leverage the best out of it, they should not do just their work, but they should take some time maybe to teach and mentor others, but simply, they don't know how to do that, right? They are very good at doing their job, but just they simply unable to even to transfer what they learn. So, so that's my 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 thinking, and and, and that's even true for uh, you know like five fifth grade kids. I mean, I've I've done some uh, Scrum project with my brother, who is a primary school uh, teacher. In a, in a, with the fifth grade kids. And, and you realize that they have to do things and they need leadership skills. So we would even need to teach this from, from private school, I would say. Very nice. I really like it. Start with that idea already in schools too. People would realize and they become ready. I was thinking when I realized I'm a leader and I was leading a Girl Scouts group, but I haven't realized I'm a leader. I just thought like I, I was her. Somebody asked me to do it. So I'm just doing something. And only later on, I realized it was actually a sort of leadership uh, role where I need to demonstrate a lot of things. But at that time, it didn't come to me. So I think the realization you're a leader came very often much later than yeah. when you start. So um, I like working with kids. I think they're flexible and they are motivated and we can yeah. do 
really good. So you were a scout leader as well. So yeah, 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 exactly. one more. I think like if we make some some statistics about how many trainers and coaches have been like scout or scout leader, there would be a lot of people. That's I, right. I know, I know it's surprising because I almost never talk about it, but then mm. I keep like analyzing those tiny conversations and I was oh he was as well and she was as well and uh, nice <laughs> yeah, group yeah. so maybe we should come up with a group of people and make yeah it yeah I've, I've discussed this idea with the, with the, yeah. some others well so why don't we do a, a community of uh, scout former yeah, scout, should, or scout yeah. uh, agile coaches and trainers uh, that would be nice all right so leading to my last question you know <laughs> you're in agile space for ages so look back 20 years ago a plus minus there was this agile manifesto right now if you look into the future what do you think is the future of agile 20 years from now plus minus yeah i would say that um, the future of agile is uh, like agile in a, in a way because i think that that unfortunately this world has been like so much messed up around what people believe agile is in many companies like maybe uh, implement some uh, large scale uh, framework and and then uh, you know like rebrand whatever they are doing and gold plating some some uh, some agile terms and that's it which has has created a lot of harms in many organizations i used to say and it's not my thing my idea but i, I used to say that that the agile is not a noun it's an adjective right it's not something you you do you implement you perform you scale but it's something you are like and it's a property of an individual or a team or an organization so i think there is a future to agile just if we go back to the roots so my hope also for that in 20 years we can say like you know agile is dead long <laughs> live to agile in summer we're going back to get an under a deep understanding of what it means which means being uh, being flexible being adaptable which in the end means being human because uh, you know we as a human beings we have so many of this uh, natural quality like you know all of us have been uh, <clears throat> probably changing jobs or changing countries or meeting new people and we are so much resilient so being agile is basically being human also because i realize along the years that basically the fundamental agile or scrum values resonate so much with with our deepest nature as human beings like so also sometimes i say okay what what can i do to make this uh, team more human right so how can i make it the founded of respect or or uh, helping each other right if you think about that so in the end if you manage to create to make a workplace more human then you you manage to make it more agile so so that's what I hope and I think is going to be the future or that's what I can, I want to contribute to make the future of Agile in 20 years from now. Very nice. Thank you for sharing. It was my pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was nice to talk to you. And let's move on with this uh, Scout Agile Coaches Community. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shakova, author of the Great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. 
For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com, S-O-C-H-O-V-A.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.